0: Um, I got in trouble last week because I forgot to say hello to all of our online podcast listeners. So, hello to everyone out there in the uh, World Wide Web. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) Let me read the Scripture today. And I can't remember which one's first, so I'm just going to wait. Here we go. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication... With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Let's all read this out together. Hey, one, two, three. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Amen. We're in a series, a prayer series looking at the idea of what prayer is, and we've called the series Prayer Revelation, this idea that prayer is not just communicating to God. Prayer is not just communicating, it's not a one-way communication to God, but as we pray, as we pray, God reveals Himself to us. That's why we've called it Prayer Revelation. Uh, First week, we said we started with the prayer of faith. The foundation of all prayer must start with faith. And we said that every time we pray, God God will reveal a a truth to us. So the first week, prayer of faith. Uh, Without faith, we're we're offering up empty words to a nobody. So what what, what does God reveal to us? That God is real. Week two, the prayer of adoration where we adore God because of who He is. What do we learn about God? That God is big. Week three... The prayer of confession that, that we have done wrong in the presence of a perfect God and that we're sorry. What do we learn about God when we pray a prayer of confession? This powerful truth that God hears us, that God listens. And today we get to the prayer of thanksgiving. The idea where we say thank you to God. Let's start off with the definition to give thanks is defined in the dictionary as to express gratitude, appreciation, or acknowledgement to. And in the context of relationship, which prayer is is done, because prayer is uh, communication in relationship, the other person does something for you or does something on your behalf, whether it be deed, word, or even emotion. And when we acknowledge and appreciate what they did, we're giving thanks as a reaction. We're giving thanks as a reaction to what has been done. Giving thanks is a reaction to what has already been done. As a parent, one of the most stressing things is this idea of raising ungrateful children. And now, uh, hopefully, as children get older. Uh, we work out that we need to learn to be grateful. But as a child, one of the first things that we teach our children is to say what? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, when, when they're a little baby, you know, because they can't say thank you, it starts with ta. Say ta, you know, and then it goes to thanks, and then it goes to thank you. And, and it's funny because as life goes on and as we get older, the way we say thank you can actually become more sophisticated as well. After you get married, there are a million ways that you have to say thank you for, a lot of them with flowers, gifts, and other expensive things. You know, like, you know, we, we become sophisticated, but, but the, the foundation of it is still the same. It's a reaction to something that has been done for you or done on behalf of you. Sometimes, however, we become ungrateful. And I use the example of little children because children are selfish, sinful beings, they're born that way, and we have to teach them to be grateful. I remember when I was in Korea, uh, staying at my uncle's house, and they had a, a son who was about 10 years old, and I remember my auntie uh, woke up, cooked breakfast, uh, a soup and rice and, you know, side dishes, and then she brought it out to us, and... and um you know, I'm eating it, and my cousin, my 10-year-old cousin, takes one spoonful, drops the spoon, drops it, and goes, this is disgusting. It's too salty. Go and make it again. I was like, huh. I was like, someone called the police because I'm about to kill this kid. <laughs> you know, I was like, how dare they? How dare they? Right? Uh, what, what's funny is, all of us go, wow, that's that's horrid that's 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 disgusting you know that's unnecessary and unappreciated but i wonder sometimes in our relationship with god if that's what our prayers sound like i wonder sometimes in our relationship with god just because of situation or circumstance we are that ungrateful bratty little child Whatever you do, give thanks. The Bible is so clear that it it actually doesn't depend on what situation, circumstance, or season that you are in. That when we are speaking to God, we, we are to give Him thanks. We are to give Him thanks. Because even in seasons of joy or in seasons of struggle, we give Him thanks because of what He's done. An example of this is Psalm 100. Uh, King David wrote a whole bunch of uh, psalms. And if you don't know much about King David, he he was in situations of of great success, uh, great power, great favor, but also in many situations where he's running for his life, betrayal. Psalm 100 literally is a prayer of thanks written to God. I'm just going to read this and And I want you to ask the question, why is this writer, predominantly, most likely David, why is he giving thanks? Okay, Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. And his courts we praise, give thanks to him, and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Now, without even dissecting it too much, okay. And this is literally like just off the top of my head. It just these are the reasons why the the writer gives thanks. One, because he knows that the Lord is God. He kno- number two, it is he who made us. Number three. We are His people. Number four, we are the sheep of His pasture. Number five, the Lord is good. Number six, His love endures forever. Number seven, His faithfulness continues through all generations. Just in these five little verses, there are at least seven reasons for us to give thanks. And and, and if 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 we're trying to work out this idea that as we pray to God, and as we pray a prayer of thanks to God... What is it that is revealed about God and His character to us? What is the revelation of God that that we know? Okay, God is real. God is big. God hears us. Right? And, And even before we get to the fourth revelation, are those three truths not enough for us to give thanks to Him? The fact that God is real, that God is big, and that God hears us. That's enough, right? But sometimes, sometimes we forget to thank God. Sometimes when we pray, we're not very quick to thank God. We're we're more quicker to either complain or whinge, talk about other things. And there are many reasons that stop us from giving thanks in our prayers. And I just want to share three of you because I think within these three, I I think they'll hit some of what you're going through right now. And the question I want to ask is, why do you not thank God in your prayers? Why is not every prayer a prayer of thanks? Okay? Three reasons. Number one, entitlement. Entitlement. And entitlement is this, I deserve this. It's the attitude of I deserve this. We don't give thanks when we feel entitled. Like my Roddy, you know, little cousin in Korea, right? He, he in his mind, thought he was entitled to the breakfast that he desired. And so when a breakfast that obviously he didn't like came, well, there was no thanks. It's like, you know, when you give your children a, birth, a, a birthday gift, right? And, you know, parents that have, have kids who understand this, right? They're grateful until you give them one that they don't want or until you give them the wrong one and then it's like ooh you know sinful nature all over again you know like and, and oh man no thanks are given there you know we do this all the time we feel like we are entitled to certain things in our relationship with god and 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 that's why we don't, we're not grateful that's why we don't appreciate what's happened because we it, it, it's like we expected it okay let me give you an example right Suddenly, you get sick and you pray, God, make me better. And you're still sick. And instead of giving thanks to God that you are alive, even that you haven't died yet, because illness can lead to death, we suddenly start thinking, Why has God not healed me? Why is God not listening to my prayer? Why has God not, you know, done a miracle in my life? And instead of giving thanks to God, we start complaining because. We feel like we're entitled to this. You know, when we get sick, we should be thanking God for doctors and nurses and for the creation of medicine. And yet, a lot of the time, when things don't happen in our lives, when things don't happen to plan in our lives, we are so quick to complain. We are so quick to whinge. Prayer of thanksgiving is nowhere near. What's the antidote? How do, we, how do we fight against this idea of, of praying against the, uh, the, the problem of entitlement? Is give thanks regularly. When we choose to give thanks on a regular basis, it reminds us that everything that we have is actually given from God. It, when we give thanks regularly, we're thinking about what we have. When we, when we continue to give thanks, we are reminded that everything that we have Good and bad is given by God. And so we lose the idea that we are entitled to this, that this, I deserve this. And we realize that it's all from God. And because of that, we have many, many reasons to give thanks. The second reason that stops us from giving thanks or praying regular prayers of thanksgiving is comparison. Okay? The growth of social media in our generation has led us to become the most informed generation ever, full stop, right? We know because of what social media uh, provides for us, we know what, what things are happening all around the world. But the side effect, the side effect of this great source of information has become a generation that doesn't appreciate what they have. We've become a generation that has become less thankful and we've forgotten gratitude. This is how it works. You're dating, right? Congratulations. It's a good thing. Your boyfriend buys you a present. Okay, back in the day, no social media, okay? You're in a tribe, okay? The next tribe's like, you know, in a different country. And your boyfriend buys you a present. And it doesn't matter what they bought you. It's an amazing present. You're like, thank you so much. I appreciate this so much. Oh, how, how grateful I feel now, right? Enter social media. You received a present and suddenly on Instagram, your friend, her boyfriend, bought her, woo, a better, let's just say, let's just call it a better present than yours, okay? You guys can use your imagination. Suddenly, your girlfriend is not grateful that they, bought your, they received a present. Suddenly, they're complaining that their present is not as good as this other present, right? Suddenly, when you're meant to be grateful and thankful that you even received the present, because of comparison, you lose the heart of thanksgiving, and that gets replaced with comparison and unfulfillment. Now, if I'm speaking to you and you're like, yes, that's my girlfriend or boyfriend, break up with them. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. (laughs) Oh, that got a bit too controversial. Okay. Don't look at if you're dating and you're sitting next to them, don't look at them right now. Okay. This is going to, okay. I'm not talking about you. Okay. I'm talking about someone else. Okay. But that stops us from being grateful. Comparison. You know, sometimes it's like that with God, too. You know, oh man, God blessed me with this job. And then God blessed my friend with a better job. And suddenly, suddenly the job that you received is not enough. It's like, wait a minute, how do I how come God didn't bless me more? And instead of giving thanks for what God has given us, we start complaining about what God hasn't given us. Comparison kills thanksgiving. When we compare what happens is when we compare, what happens is the focus shifts to, to from what we have to what we don't have. And once you start doing that, thanksgiving, gratitude, goes out the door. So what's the antidote? It's to learn contentment. To learn to be content. Philippians 4 11 to 13. I'm not saying this because I'm I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do this all through Him who gives me strength. This is the Apostle Paul talking about his life and tells us that whatever situation he is in, he has learned the secret of contentment. That when he was blessed, he was happy. When he was poor, he was happy. It, it didn't change him. The circumstance and situation did not change him. And so that's how we fight against comparison. If you're, and let's be honest, right? A lot of us are very people conscious. We're conscious about what other people think about us. We're conscious about what other people have. And and we do compare. But the the, the antidote to comparison is to learn to look at yourself in the mirror and go, I have everything that I need. I'm okay with who I am and where I am in life regardless. That's holy contentment. That's how we fight against comparison. And uh, that's how we get thanksgiving back into our prayers the the third thing that stops us from from praying prayers of thanksgiving is grumbling okay philippians 2 14 do everything without grumbling now some people they miss that word do everything without grumbling or arguing grumbling complaining whinging you know nagging whatever you want to call it okay It's hard to give thanks. It's hard to have a thankful heart when you're complaining all the time. Negative Nancy. I hope no one's name is Nancy. Um, Negative Nancy. Like uh, There are are negative Nancys in our lives, right? And, And you know them, okay? And if you're like, I don't know who they are, it could be you. Okay, I'm just saying, okay? Okay, I'm just saying, okay? There are people in their life that are just, they just complain. Complain and whinge and complain. And and you know what? They can find any situation. They can They can find something to complain about. My wife is looking at me because I was once like this and now saved by Jesus and redeemed by His blood. Man, I could find a reason to complain about anything. Anything. You know, it's actually a lot easier to complain than to find something to be thankful for. You know, because we're sinful people. You know, it's easy for us to think about the glass half empty. Oh, I don't have this. And then you throw in comparison, you know, I don't have this. And why do they have that? You know, suddenly we feel so discontent, unfulfilled. Sometimes the complaining isn't even like it's a bad thing. Like sometimes you complain about having a good thing just because your friend has a great thing. You know, like uh, there's a sermon. Andy Stanley, one of one of the uh, pastors in America, he 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 uh, preaches this sermon called called the Land of Ur, and you go, what's the Land of Ur? And it's this fantasy world that that we live in. And that, and that we want to live in the land of Ur. We want to live in a land that is bigger. We want to live in a land that is better. And we want to live in a land that is nicer. You know, like that, right? And, 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 and you, when you listen to this sermon, it's amazing because it, it rubs every single one of our hearts. Because we're always wanting something more and we're always complaining that we don't have it. Always complaining. You know, you ask the richest people in the world. Warren Buffett, right? One of the richest people in the world. They asked him, how much money is enough? Like, you, you are own squillions, you know. How much more do you need? And his answer was so profound. He goes, just one more dollar. Just one more dollar. And every time, it's just one more dollar. Right? And every time, because you don't have that one dollar, what do you do? You complain. The spirit of complaining, when, we, when, 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 when we're stuck in that, once again, we lose sight of what we have in our hands. When we complain, we take what God has given to us and we just see straight past it to what we don't have. What's the antidote against grumbling and complaining? You need to find joy. Joy. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Rejoice always. Okay? Okay? You could tie this in with contentment. Find contentment always. When we find joy, when we find inner contentment and satisfaction, it gives us an automatic reason to give thanks. When we are joyful, not just happy, but, but truly joyful in, our, in the deepest parts of our soul, thanksgiving will be on the tip of our tongues. Sometimes in our lives, because of the season we're in and the circumstance that is before us, we don't feel like giving thanks. Or sometimes you're in a situation and you're like, I don't have anything to give thanks for. You know, for some of us, and you know, let's call it what it is tonight. Some of us, we're in a tough spot. For some of us, we're in financial crisis. For some of us, we're going through relationship meltdown. For some of us, we just got family issues, family baggage that we're dealing with. For some of us, you're so your head is so all over the place. Just your thoughts, your feelings, your emotion, all over the shop. But it's when we take a step. Back, even in those situations, when we take a step back, we're reminded of not just our life picture of our life circumstance, but we are reminded of the eternal picture. Now, just take a step back with me right now, right? Whatever you're doing right now, whether you're a worker, you're a student, you're a parent, you're a child. Okay, whatever it is you're doing right now, just pause all worldly things, right? And step back into the eternal. Okay, let's have a look at this. Let's have a look at your life from an eternal perspective. Okay, God created you to be in relationship with Him. But humanity, we walked away from God. And the consequence of that is death, eternal death. I know, it's so sad. (laughs) that's perfect we planned that one (laughs) so let me just pause at that moment right because of your sin and because of original sin and because of the perfect nature of God you deserve hell right if you want to talk about being in a bad situation bad circumstance that's pretty much the worst one Okay, if you're like, man, I'm having trouble with my girlfriend. It kind of feels like hell. Okay, now it kind of feels like hell and you're going to hell is completely different. So let's look at this from an eternal picture, right, once again. So you deserve hell. And, and, And rightly so. Rightly so. That's where you deserve to go. But because of God's love for us. Because God, the Creator, loved us so much, He sent His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to take the punishment for your sinfulness and for your sinful nature. And Jesus Christ, someone else took the punishment for you. Someone else died the death that you deserved and replaced Himself with us. And so now, instead of you deserving death, and eternal death that we call hell, because of what Jesus has done for us, you get life and life eternal. Now, now, let's think about this for a second. Is that not the greatest reason that we need to be giving thanks to God? Like, let's go beyond your earthly situation and circumstance, and I'm not not denying what you're going through, and I'm not putting it down, not at all. I'm just saying, if you're struggling to give thanks to God in your prayers, if you're struggling to find a reason that we need to be giving thanks to God or being grateful to God, like take a half a step back from your life. Think about your spiritual world. Think about your eternity. doesn't matter what you're going through in this life. Because of what Jesus has done, He has given you eternal life. And that in itself is the greatest reason that we should give thanks to God. Amen? I hope that you believe that. So as we've been talking about from the beginning, right, every time we pray, God reveals. That's why it's prayer revelation. Every time we pray, God reveals. When we pray a prayer of faith, God reveals to us that He's alive, He's real. When we pray a prayer of adoration, we, we recognize that God is big. We're adoring an, an amazing and mighty God. Last week, when we pray a prayer of confession, the amazing truth about God we learn is that God hears us. Amazing. God hears us. So what do we learn about God when we pray a prayer of thanksgiving? And I try to keep this as simple as possible. It could have been God provides. It could have been, God is gracious. It could have been, God loves you. But you know what I came down to? Simple. When we pray a prayer of thanksgiving, we learn that God is good. That God is good. And because He is good, He provides for you. Because He is good, He protects you. Because He, he is good, He gives each and every one of us reasons to be thankful and to be grateful. Because He is Good. Thank you, God, that you are good. Thank you, God, for today because you are good. Thank you, God, for my life because you are good. Thank you, God, for my family because you are good. Thank you, God, for my struggles because even then, you are still good. Thank you, God, even in the midst of chaos and mess, because you are still good. Friends, it doesn't take much to think about why we need to give thanks to God. A lot of the time, we just don't think about it much. A lot of the time, our prayers are just selfish. Our prayers are just self-centered. But when we just think about the relationship, think about the idea that I'm having a conversation with this person instead of just me talking about me and talking about what I need and what I want. If we're going to have a healthy relationship with God, then we've got to acknowledge and appreciate what God has done for us. What He has done for us. And before any other blessing that He has given you, Material blessing, worldly blessing, earthly blessing, whatever you want to call it. Because he's, he gave you life through the death of his own son, Jesus. That itself is enough for us to say thanks. So I pray that tonight, as I said, I pray that tonight that you wouldn't walk out and go, yes. Praying prayers of thanks is a great idea. I pray that you walk out tonight praying a prayer of thanks. For whatever is happening in your life right now. As said, I'm praying that these sermons aren't just filling your heads with information, but it's transforming the way you communicate to God and the way you understand who God is to you. Prayer revelation. As we speak, God reveals. And as we pray prayers of thanksgiving, God reveals to us once again that He is Good. Amen? Let's pray.